Okay. Um, you can eat that. I don't. It's the it's the grotesque. I feel like that's acceptable. Um, so you know, hey guys. <laughs> uh, it's like a real show now. Is what I feel like. I'm trying to think about how to intro our our episode. Um. Well, we're talking about the grotesque on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hadn't even which, thought about which that. might not yeah. fit. It does. I, know, I think it does. Um, <laughs> definition of the grotesque, but I think there's something grotesque mm-hmm. about the spectacle of grown adults playing out their toxic male fantasies. Yeah. Um, although I like the commercials. So. Yeah, the commercials are really entertaining. Um. Yeah. So we're that's what we're doing, and we're nomming on some snacks, which is appropriate for this class, mm-hmm. but also I feel mm-hmm. like particularly for um this week um so i think that we're gonna be we're probably gonna be talking about the bivens and cole a lot just because it resonated well uh, but i mean i think that this week really john was just like what does liz want to talk about and then he <laughs> <laughs> chose the readings it's like the opposite of last week when you were know. like he chooses this he's because like, he hates me <laughs> This class revolves around me, and so he was like, you know what, I'm going to be nicer to her this week. Um, but I mean, I think that, like, this, everything in this week is is basically telling Noblock to, like, fuck off. No, <laughs> like, that's not it. But <laughs> it's just like, like, yeah, haha, what's in, what's, like, not uh, inconsequential, is that a word? Mm-hmm. Yes, okay. Cool. What's inconsequential? Nothing. Everything matters. <laughs> um, or everything has um, use. And I also think that this, um, you know, maybe this is going to be a theme for me in the class. Sorry, I'm talking a lot, Brittany. Um, okay, sorry. I'm eating my fruit dip. <laughs> uh, yeah, Brittany's eating a waffle with fruit dip and strawberries on top of it right now. It's really good. Or it looks really good. Um... Anyway, I think that this week is really interesting on the heels of this kind of... We talked about it a little bit in class and um, is definitely prevalent through the readings, but this idea of, like, the fact that we constantly want to destroy and erase our bodies. Um, Like, everything that we do, we are trying to deny the body. Um, And I don't know. I think that that's just, like, I don't know why that's... I feel like that's something that's so obvious. And yet right now I'm like, oh, oh, oh. like I had no idea. <laughs> You're so right, you know. Um, and I think it's probably from my, that like conservative religious background that I have of like constantly like being told to deny the body in like a super normative way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it's not really. Um, and so like, I mean, Bivens and Cole, right, are talking about a kind of, um grotesque body that does have purpose that no block would probably agree with right because it's this idea of of active protest but i mean it's still like any mention or discussion or acknowledgement of the grotesque brings us back into the bodies that we inhabit like yeah i don't anyway uh, i think that that's a pretty cool um phenomenon to watch happen um and also kind of a depressing phenomenon to watch that we need to like see that we need it, if that makes sense. Um, that like we have to normalize the idea that like women have periods and um, 
you know, normal bodily functions. <laughs> um, anyway, I don't, those are my opening statements. <laughs> well, all right, counselor. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Oh God. Oh God. You're I'm right just there, under the table. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> um, yes, I agree. I mm. I was like energized reading the Bivens and Cole. Yeah. Um, and it was it was clearly for me that piece was also clearly about how the body and rhetoric are fitting together for like a specific um, like social purpose, which yeah. is. I mean, it's, it's rarely that clear cut when I think about it in my head. I was mm -hmm. like, yes, I, you know, this makes total sense. And I love that we're talking about this. And it's the body itself doing rhetoric and not like... Yes. It's not just rhetoric about the body. Yeah. Like you mm -hmm. can clearly say these bodies are doing rhetoric in, yeah. in, this, in this way. Mm -hmm. And I also thought it was nice to read the Bivens and Cole piece after... It was last week, right? Sorry, my weeks are mixed no, together. Yeah, when we had the piece about how... Uh, the other social media piece. Uh, shit. <laughs> I don't know. The, the, the uh, Verity. Verity. Oh, yes. Yeah, Where okay. she was basically being like, this Oh, so social the media video of the woman. I was like, what the fuck social media? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I got it. I'm with you. So she was, her thing was basically social media um, allows for more participation, but not necessarily yeah. um, action. Yeah. Like, collective action. But, like, this piece is a more positive, I think, view of... The ways that social media allows mm -hmm. for um, not just embodied rhetoric but collective yeah. uh, movements, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, so that was nice to read as well. Yeah, it was. It was. It was entertaining and encouraging, and and you know only mildly depressing to have to think about like all of the ridiculous. Um, like when I got to the part about how they were regulating discharge or like from your body like what what why like why i don't understand i don't understand why men and some women are afraid of women's bodies women's bodies have been around for a long ass time and i like why don't you just get with the program i don't under i don't understand yeah i I can no longer be surprised by like the ways mm. that men try to control women's bodies mm -hmm. even today, but it's still enraging. Um, I think that might be part of where the bakteen or I don't know. Bakteen? It's not bakteen. I just can't not think, I can't not hear that. I'm going to say bakteen. <laughs> I'd really like to generate a list at the end of the class of like all of the new names of so that I know who Dorito actually is and not... <laughs> Is it Derrida? Is that Derrida. Yeah. Okay. That's all I'm going to remember is like, oh, the class talked about Dorito a lot. The only Fuck thing me. I can ever remember about Derrida is that he has this piece about his cat staring at him naked and like... Yes, dude. Why, why is that the piece that everyone is like, I'm just... Have you read it? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I mean it's theoretically crazy. I've read it, okay. but yes. That's why I'm like, how he was really into the idea yeah. that cat was looking at but anyway. yeah and it's just like it, the it's audacity off topic because it's about the body yeah <laughs> well in like the audacity we studied it in a post-humanist context i think the last time that i read it mm -hmm. and it's like so the audacity that like the cat even gives a fuck what like, <laughs> like <I know. laughs> that, that feels typical to yeah. me <laughs> yeah uh, I'm not anyway, too grotesque. <laughs> <laughs> but 
But um, yeah, I feel like there's always this, or you know, for modern modern times, um, mm -hmm. this preoccupation with how to. Um, I think it's Ann Carson has this great line where she's like. Um, men have been invested in a long time for putting a door on the female mouth. You know what I mean? Like this is so like how to control and regulate. And in this, in the Bivens and Cole, we're talking about actually legislate, right? Um, yeah. Like women, but like not even women's bodies, but like the functions mm. of that body. It's almost, there's a part in here where they talk about kind of pulling apart like the actual individual female body and then like the function of so like yeah. this idea that you can somehow separate the function of yeah a woman's body and the woman herself which kept, is really like <laughs> i kept thinking about like the idea of like miles i'm doing something right now come on later i love miles miles we're doing something go on i don't have any more go ahead um so i i kept thinking while i was reading like if women were no longer able to to be reprodu to reproduce <laughs> at mm -hmm, all mm -hmm. then what would they do with us like you know what kind of power would we have like would we have if if that wasn't us you know um yeah but then also how would they I don't know. Their <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I don't know. It's hard to. Yeah. I know. I just was just like, because I feel like in a lot of ways, this text is definitely pointing out that like our bodies are defined by their usefulness. Right. And for us, our usefulness is our ability to reproduce. And I'm also really fucking fascinated by this idea that like, I don't know. I just keep coming back to denying the body, but the idea that like, that is what gets us true, like, I don't know, knowledge or achievement or, like, higher status is to to separate us from our body. But when our bodies are literally doing the job of life, like, like yeah. literal life is happening in our bodies and we're like, no, I'm better than that. I'm above yeah. that and it doesn't matter. And so I'm just going to ignore it and focus on this, these words in the air and thoughts that I have that have no real power they do but like literal life is happening in this self-contained unit and we're really just not interested in it i think menstruation is a great way to think about that mm -hmm. too because it's not about a fetus exactly mm -hmm. you know what i mean like you can separate it yeah. a little bit from like these like intense abortion debates yeah. or something um but it's still like I mean, why is it quote grotesque? Yeah. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's 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 not. It's somehow different from like other bodily functions. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's the whole issue which I'm not well versed in, but of like the period tax, right? So why are yeah. we, why is it so expensive mm -hmm. to get like? I don't know. It's just I think it's a good it's a good way to think about. Um, I think as a cultural whole, ideas of the female body, like I think, and it's not just. Um, like they're in a different tax bracket or grouping or something they're taxed like as other, something as a, like yeah but i think also as a whole like in general women have to pay more for like cosmetic like shampoo conditioner deodorant yeah definitely. like all of that um which is just like a really interesting comment on like who's allowed to be grotesque and who's not and or who what kind of punishment you have to and endure for we, that and how can we then capitalize on yeah. your cultural conditioning mm -hmm. to um you know regulate or like yeah 
beautify your body in these particular ways. Mm -hmm. um, Man. <laughs> yeah, sorry. That's just me getting, I'm just like, every time I'm reading this, I just get caught up in thinking about my own experiences. And a lot of while I was reading this, I kept envisioning that like meme of Saoirse Ronan, like crying in Little Women and just being like, women. <laughs> like, that's, <laughs> that's all I could think about while I was doing the reading today because I just like, um, I mean, also, yeah. have you ever needed to like run around the various bathrooms of like Kaikendal Hall to look for like a tampon? Because I guarantee, um, if men menstruated, tampons yeah, and would other be, feminine products would yeah. be a lot harder to uh, access. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, it's <laughs> no, but I have been like so. I ha I don't run around. I ask people very discreetly. But that's another yeah. thing. Why do we have to be yeah. like discreet about it? Especially to other women. They know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and like your voice. Like, yeah. I don't know. Um, or like when I think about all the ways I've like snuck a tampon out of my backpack or like anyone, yes, yes. like you tuck it in your sleeve. Yes. Like I can't even like tell you the acrobatics I went through in like high school. Yeah. Like to to camouflage that I had to carry these things, but, and I have so many friends who have male partners who they're like, oh, he, I can't ask him to go, or they won't buy that, or they don't know what to get. I mean, my, my partners are like that because he grew up with sisters and he'll, he doesn't give a fuck, but yeah, even with your most, well, I mean, one of your most intimate, like people, yeah. humans that you are most intimate with, there's still this like element yeah. of like, yeah. And where does that come from? You know what I mean? Yeah. I, yeah, this made me think of two stories. Apparently this is just story time and not actual critical analysis, but that's <laughs> fine. Um, so two stories. One, when I was in high school, there was um, a guy in our high school um, who liked to carry a purse. Mm -hmm. So of course that was not allowed. So oh, they yeah. outlawed purses across the board Shit. and said that you weren't allowed to have a purse. And so then all of the girls were like, well, what the fuck mm -hmm. you know, are we going to do when we're on our periods? And so then everyone got into carrying these giant but solid colored pencil. Like I remember like having to go out and think specifically about getting a pencil bag that was big enough for me to like fit stuff in, but then also specifically have tampons and like other products in that no one would know what it will, like what was in there. And then also my other story really quick is that like thinking about social media, I'm also fascinated by this trend. Um, and I don't know if you've seen it, but Matthew has, because he was making a joke about it to me the other day, um, or I think I like asked him, um, that's my partner, you guys, I asked him to like maybe pick me up some tampons and he mm -hmm. made the joke about lemon or lime. Um, but there's like this trend of like uh, on social media of women talking to or asking um, their partner, their male partners mm -hmm. to um, pick up like pads or uh, tampons right. and just having no fucking idea but my favorite ones are the ones where they're like they will take a pad and some underwear and they'll say um like how or they'll give them a pad and be like how do you use this uh, and it's just the most ridiculous like like some people think that you actually tape it to your body <laughs> okay like that's a real yeah. like those are real responses and i'm just like wow <laughs> Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I just, the kind of like, 
and so that like that means for those people that in their upbringing that knowledge has been protected it and like secreted away from yes, them absolutely. because it's not knowledge that they need and it's secret knowledge that only women should have and yeah. and I know this is different because I know this is no, about yeah. actual procreation but like women yeah. learn how to how condoms work yeah <laughs> because they need yeah. to know like yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I love your first story. Well, I don't love it. It's absolutely yeah, enraging. Know, it it's enraging. But, like, look it's at how really... invested mm-hmm. we are in policing just the, like, gender norms. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. to, to, to go back to Butler. Um, <laughs> yeah. We're critical. Um, to, to, and then, but it, we don't have to think about how how women are going to carry around their yeah their actual product. Well, yeah, cuz I mean and the school was run by men too, so like why why would they think about it? That wasn't something that mattered to them. Yeah. Yeah. They also exactly. just like another weird gender note at my high school. Well, actually this might have been when we were in middle school. I had this really terrible phase where I would wear ties with polos to school and it was resistance <laughs> because they outlawed ties unless you wore them with a collared shirt because there was um there was a girl well um maybe they're i feel like now they would identify as like Mm non-binary um but they wore yeah they wore ties and um the school was like no (laughs) <laughs> and so then we would well, wear polos. That yeah, like that's, like well, because she was a woman and to them, and so like <laughs> she would not, you know, they wouldn't wear. Wow. They wouldn't wear a collared shirt because women don't wear collared shirts. Fascinating. Yeah. Anyway, I come from a shitty place. It's not. It, yeah, it is shitty. It's shitty. But uh, anyway, I feel like what Brittany and I are trying to say by telling all these terrible stories is just that, like. That if you're going, well, I feel like anytime you're going to talk about the body, you have to talk about the complications of gender and, um, and specifically if you're going to be talking about grotesque bodies, you have to talk about gender because it matters, especially here. Well, like uh, it matters everywhere a little bit, but like here it matters a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about the body and monstrosity because that's one of my interests. Mm. I think we get to that later in the semester, but I also feel like um, there's definitely an element of the grotesque that kind of bleeds into the monstrous. Mm. Um, I mean, not always, but there's a lot of overlap. Yeah. And the way that we frame certain functions or um, gendered body things uh, mm-hmm. um, has a, has something to say about what how we other bodies, which is all about what you know, like, and cultural construction of what monsters are. Um, yeah. But I I guess I really appreciated the Bakhtin too, um, because well, first of all, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but for a little bit of time in undergrad, I was going to be a medievalist. So like, oh, I kind of liked going back there. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, let's talk about yeah. this. Um, but I like how you talked about how you came from this, um, you know, Christian, I don't want to say fundamental, but like, um, Christ, kind of maybe? Christian yeah, they're a Baptist, so might as well be. Okay. So yeah. we're, not, we're not like showing... Fire and brimstone. Yeah, a lot of hiding of the body. And yeah. I grew up Catholic, so same, but also there's also this weird emphasis on the mm-hmm. body. Like anytime you go up to take communion, it's the body of yeah. Christ. Yes. So, um... 
and I, but I think you can see the hangover of that mm-hmm. from, from, you know, different times and different, like Bakhtin's talking about these different ways of the grotesque operating, mm-hmm. um, in the medieval, in the medieval period. Um, but, and I like, he talked about, um, Oh, actually, I highlighted this. He says, the modern image of the individual body, sexual life, eating, drinking, and defecation have radically changed their meaning. Um, so they've been transferred to the private and psychological level. level. Um, so, like, tearing it away from the life of a society, basically, in a cosmic whole, whereas the grotesque and the body, pre this, you know, modern mm-hmm. literature, where suddenly we're not, we're, we're, not ta- we're more polite and we're not talking about it, mm-hmm. um, is taking away like the group yeah. way of thinking about bodies, mm-hmm. um, and so he's uh, Bakhtin says that in medieval the grotesque the body it's not about individual bodies it's about yeah. like everyone's body and like humans in yeah. general, which I think thought was interesting. Um, and also I remember when I thought I was going to be a medievalist and like writing all these papers on Chaucer. Um, oh, God, Chaucer. Brittany. Chaucer, what a horny girl. <laughs> um, I still really love Chaucer. Um, oh, yeah. I remember being surprised by how many, like, pu- sexual puns and, like, mm. how vulgar yeah. and how, like, dirty and sexual a lot of the medieval stuff was. Um, because because that's not our image now. Like, yeah. we're like, oh, you know. Um, yeah. There's this tendency to be like, wow, those, med- those medievalists, they were, like... You know, they were kind of sexy, but not really <laughs> dirty. <laughs> the but only I think time. that speaks to how, like, we have as a culture. Now we have to like, be more secret about our body. Mm. Even as I guess yeah. I would argue, the body is on display. Yeah. In increasingly um, more public ways now, but yeah. there's still we're still yeah. there's still something because we're talking. You can't still can't mm. talk about certain things. There's still something hanging on from that time when we had to like button it all up probably the victorians should we blame the victorians <laughs> always um <laughs> so two things one the only time i've ever really enjoyed chaucer was when he was played by paul bettany mm-hmm. in a knight's tale mm-hmm. um and i don't even think it was it chaucer was he actually called or was it just based I think on so. okay anyway um and then the second thing is that i think that this also kind of gets at um like our resistance or like our processing of like our fear of zoom and like zoom fatigue a little Mm. bit because i just was thinking about (laughs) like just like the weird positions that my body is Mm -hmm. in and so like when i'm in class i'm doing that denying my body and like engaging in in scholarly debate but um it's asking i think but it's not figured it out i think what i hate about zoom so much and, and it's like just in how much you're on it is it forces you to perform mm, in your yeah. body, right? Like, but you would have to do that. I mean, kind of. You know what I mean? In a in a regular yeah. classroom, you're still in a body. Your body's still in performance mode. But it asks you to not only perform your body, but then to view your own performance. Yeah, of your body. <laughs> that's, that's yes. And I think that's what is so exhausting. I am constantly uh-huh. looking at my little square to see if you how yeah. bad my double chin looks, or yeah. like you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's what I, that's the that's like what I was thinking of was like when I was in. Um, biography last week and I was like I caught myself like all slouched over like (laughs) just sitting in a really gross way and I was like oh god like you know but I just was listening you know to whatever I think probably it was Craig was talking but I was just listening to whatever 
whoever was saying and um and I had forgotten that my body existed and like and like that's I mean I feel like a lot of what we're reading today is talking about grotesque functions and so I don't know if like the the position of my body is a grotesque function if it can be included in that way but um but I think that that's also a lot a risk or like a really interesting like trend of the early zoom days of like people like uh, forgetting to mute their mic and going to the bathroom or like uh, your partner walking in without pants on like you know like things like that um, and that, then you have what's his face because it's supposed to be Jeffrey Tubin or Tubin who is like actually being grotesque and like masturbating during what? like a New Yorker uh, staff meeting or something but like but yeah but I can't remember he said like he thought he had his thing turned off or something like they were oh on a break God. but I mean like he he, he knew yeah. because men know but um so like so how are we now now we have this whole different wow. platform for for performing the grotesque or yeah because well, it's like so I I think and it also this is just me projecting my readings from from biography but um it's that line of like private and public and the mm. grotesque used to be private yeah. and it still is but like privacy is being redefined in this in in covid or is it like well i mean if we go back to bachton he would have a different like yeah but like is 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 something grotesque because it should we think it should be private so when the public mm. when the private is made public uh. is that what makes it grotesque now for us yeah because i guess you could say like like menstruation blood is yeah supposed to be a private thing so yeah. when ruby car puts it on instagram like yeah but and it notice, wasn't even real i just period. wanted to ask you that yeah. did you notice in the article how it, it was very, wasn't it was, even real blood it was fake yeah and i'm like at the time i was like why do we have to emphasize that it was fake they also in that in um i'm not gonna I, i'm not gonna pull it up but in that article they also talk about the excess of the body being grotesque mm-hmm. and i'm like why is it excess like why is it not just the bo- like the body like why is it this extra like the body doing more than it should you know like that doesn't that's not because we don't frame like semen that way <laughs> yeah right? like i just am like i don't know i was really resistant i should look it up before class but i was just like yeah. i don't think this is how we I should s- talk about i it. still want to harp on Mm. where the urge came and I don't know where it originated I'm not saying it started with Bivens and Cole no yeah and maybe it was part of um Carr's response or mm-hmm. why do we have to emphasize that it wasn't real that it was fake menstrual blood yeah like it do we have to say that to legitimize her protests um, like that's like an extra layer of <sighs> yeah <laughs> of, of all that shit yeah yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, um, I think that like, we've said a lot of things. Um, sorry that we told so many stories. Um, it wasn't really us. It was me. Um, uh, but, uh, anyway, so those are the things that we're worried about. We're worried about private and public. We're worried about gender. Um, I don't know what else are, are we worried about anything else? Um, I'm worried about everything all the time. Yeah. I'll say I was excited to see glimmers of um, something I feel like I could connect to my, you know, like a 
strong interest in ecological thinking mm-hmm. because like one of the cool things in the Bakhtin piece was he talked about you know in the medieval kind of narrative the grotesque body um he he framed it as like cosmic and universal mm-hmm. and he connected it to um like natural landscape elements mm-hmm. like mountains yeah. and like rivers because some of the ways the stories they told about grotesque bodies especially like mm-hmm. he has a section on um giants and stuff how like the body and the natural world is not separate mm-hmm. it's like connected yeah. and part of the grotesque is like making that uh almost like that Explicit. metaphor or yeah like like relating it through metaphor yeah. um in that way and i feel like i also saw that in another oh it was also the colin bivens because they were talking about yeah. um um well they said you know we often think about social media as like minds talking to like minds but that yeah. actually it creates these sort of like ecologies yeah. of rhetoric um yes. which i find interesting and i want to think about more um, yeah so i like that yeah i would like us to start since so many of the readings are engaging with like digital spaces i would like us to talk about digital rhetoric a little bit <laughs> But that's just because that's also, like, a source of comfort for me. I'm like, oh, that's, like, I understand 5% of that. So, yeah, let's do it. But also, just because it's, like, if we're talking about the body in digital spaces, then let's talk about what happens in digital spaces and, like, what that means. Um, But anyway. Okay, sorry we talked your ear off. But um, I don't know. Hopefully you made it this far. And uh, look at us. We did the forum post before fucking Tuesday. Yeah. So, you know? <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. Or JG, because JG is the only one that listened to this. <laughs>